As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. So it's Monty here for this episode of On Farm and today we're doing something a wee bit different. We're talking about something that I'm quite passionate about which is point-to-point racing. Some of you listeners might not really be familiar with that but don't worry, stick with us because we've got two excellent guests and they're going to explain all you need to know about point-to-point. We're specifically talking about the Lauderdale point-to-point meeting which is coming up in April And this year is going to be the 75th anniversary of the first running of the Point to Point in Lauderdale. And I've got two guests with me, Charlotte Dunn and Tony Hogarth. Charlotte, could you just introduce yourself? Tell us a wee bit about yourself, please. I am from a family farming background in in Lauderdale country. I have been involved in farming and point-to-pointing and national hunt racing since probably the day I was born. I think I would have been at point-to-points when I was a baby, when I was a young child, pony racing, and then later as an amateur jockey. It's a great place to get involved with the the local farmers, local areas. It's point-to-pointing as a is a wonderful stepping stone for young riders wanting to make a career as a jockey or hunting families wanting to have a go and it's a very it's a very good sort of pastime for all to get involved with. Charlotte, you're you're on the younger side. What how old are you? Twenty seven. You're twenty seven. My other guest, Tony, who I'm going to introduce in a second, he probably was there at the very first of the, the, the Lauderdale point to points. 75 years ago. Is that fair to say, Tony? Absolutely. Yes, as a little boy, I was in 1948 at Moss Houses when it all began. And just after the war, uh, me and my brother, and we sort about the field and were gobsmacked by the, at that time, the size and the people wanting a day out because of the restrictions of wartime. That suddenly here was a bit of freedom and people with horses in the country uh, and, and racing. And uh, that was us on the way to 75 years. Mm. And were you hooked? Charlotte sounds like she's been hooked since she was yes. little. We as a family, both sides had always had horses involved in different disciplines and point-to-pointing was one of them. I uh, point-to-point rode myself. I actually rode for Charlotte's parents at one time. Uh, I think I fell off once, like a terrible row. So you're not meaning Charlotte's grandparents, or am I? Yes. I? Yes. yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I went on, having got started on this, being involved at Moss Houses in the preparation of the course and the running of the event, and I, when I was 
quite young. Father came home from a hunt meeting and said, they're needing a secretary, you'll need to do it. At that point, point to point, generally in the whole country, uh, the organisation was a shambles. And we grouped in 1969, we, we got together eventually meeting in London and grouped the whole country into 14 areas and we are a northern area and again uh, because I was sort of established doing it and probably spoke out a turn at one point they sort of said right you're a northern area secretary and I did that for 50 years you did it for 50 years yes glutton for punishment and uh, came a long long way in the development of the sport and I think how primitive and crude it was at the beginning and to the very slip operation we have now, which is really just a scale down of jump racing, national hunt racing. For, for people that aren't really 100% familiar with it, you know, what are we talking about? Is it scaled down version of national hunt racing? What, what is point to pointing? Like I said, it's a very good stepping stone to sort of find your riding style, learn sort of race pace, learn race riding. But it's also a great opportunity for those that, you know, want to have a go at amateur level to, to get involved in a, in a really exciting sport. So I suppose, that, is that the key thing, you know, for people that are more familiar with maybe football or rugby, is point to point your kind of... East of Scotland League type affair, amateur rugby, amateur football, as opposed to what you might see on the telly on ITV. I, I would, I would say so. I would yeah. say so. Yeah, and I think it's a great place for young horses to progress, and it gives them a little bit more time to mature. It, they can work on their jump, and the fences are smaller, a little bit more invi- inviting for young jockeys coming through. Again, it, it's it's a lot to to go straight onto the course and be under the under the scrutiny of you know being on the tellies under the stewards you know you've got a lot to take on board whereas point to point and you you can sort of learn the ropes you can learn the rules before you move in and as well it's a great opportunity for for horses that have have been on the on the course under rules for a long time they can step back to point to point and and you know have a good couple of fun years it's a really good opportunity for older horses to come back and teach younger jockeys how to you know how to ride so you've you've both you've both been there and done it you've both you know you've both been jockeys what was it like your first your first um point to point your first time racing it was actually on the horse for tony and it was at annick and it was snowing and i was thinking tony's laughing here he's maybe got different memories of it than you have i was thinking what on earth am i doing but again, I'd I'd ridden I'd ridden Moulton Brown a lot at home, and I, I knew him, and he he looked after us, and I had a I had a great time, and uh, you made I, it round. I made it round, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. The second time was a little bit more eventful because he he ran it at Friars Hawk at Kelso, and he was sort of coming into the last with a very very good chance. And he went through the wings, so that was my first big crash. Oh. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was, uh, uh, it didn't put me off, and I was, I was eager to get back as as quick as I could. And on that occasion at Friars Hawk, I think it, wretchedly, the jockey she was uh, top of the point of pointing, and they were very vocal. They were making a lot of roaring and shouting, and my horse was quite nervous. And he didn't know what it was all about. This was the, the, the other jockeys were roaring. Yes, yes. Oh, all right. it was terrible. I mean, <laughs> it, it, they were known for it. Right. And, and uh, my horse just shot sideways. Yeah. And I've got pictures of that yet because I've used it 
in safety and uh, design of fences and wings of okay. fences. Right. That, right. So that's a sort of part of the learning curve for the whole sport. We're actually, just, just for, for listeners' context, we're sitting here in a Charlotte's kitchen here and and brother graham is a busy farmer and he's he's having his making his breakfast around us so you you might hear the, the bacon and eggs um is that right graham uh, that's <laughs> yeah. but um i always think back and you, you talk about sort of people learn learning the ropes and, and your dad he got the job there of um commenting yeah. thing as well didn't he so i think in, in it was quite entertaining because in all of these events dad was often commentating when i went through the wing <laughs> or if I, I fell off um at core bridge and um off of roll car who so i had a I had a season and then i um was very fortunate that i got a, a nice old handicapper off of Anne and Ian Hamilton and we had to sort of barter with with Ian Hamilton a little bit because he was an old favourite of theirs and he's he's certainly an old favourite of ours he's still in the field um at Gilston but uh he was he was a monkey and uh, the third last he would always sort of get distracted and put in a very dodgy jump and he unseated me one day at Cole Bridge and uh and I, I ended up breaking my uh, breaking and dislocating my shoulder and dad was having to commentate it at this time, but he would always just have to get on with his job and ignore that his, his daughter was... I think he was How possibly... When I did my shoulder, I probably would have been 17 or 18. Well, I don't think it was ever that. I think he was thinking, bloody hell, she's fallen off that horse again. <laughs> get back on, God almighty. So he used to... Uh, we used to go out in the mornings before I went to, to uni or school or work and getting horses fit in the winter you'd be going out in the dark and he would come out with the um with the gate or the quad bike and the lights on and would be chasing me around Gilston Hill going go faster and um so it was it was it was always it was always good fun and I think you know he 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 never unfortunately got to see me ride a winner but I think he he would have been chuffed when I did so it was it was good that again just for for sort of context if you like and for for people listening you know i suppose maybe even out with the borders and out with the kind of the the point to point strongholds it's very much a a sort of family tradition in 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 a lot of the farming families in this area tony yes i think it's that's up and down the whole country yeah. it would be this type of the borders especially mm-hmm. Uh, but in Scotland, but uh, I think Devon and Cornwall will be very similar. Wales, Welsh, uh, West Wales, yep. um, South West Wales, uh, similar sort of thing. And then towards the middle of the country, uh, Midlands of England, the the people who have been successful in business, suddenly so think it's rather nice. And it is a good uh, another starter point is that they uh, there's livery yards now that they can have a horse looked after, produced and good horses uh, racing very successfully so it gives them a taste for it and a lot of these people will move on into adult racing national hunter flat racing mm-hmm. it's all the whole sport is, is is a huge step on the to adult racing and it will be a huge loss there's anxiety at the moment uh, across the country about the numbers of horses and the cost of putting these things on but there will be a huge anxiety in race administration, British horse racing, if point-to-points were to, to fade away, because it is, as we keep going on about, the good starting point. 
Yeah, just just for people again unfamiliar, it's like it's like any level of sport. This is the grassroots. This is the grassroots of racing that we're talking about. And just as you say, you know, people like your father who was a jockey and then got involved in the the, the commentary side of it. It's it's how it is. It's the foundation that the top pillar that you see on the telly, etc., is built on. The sport, the northern area, and and indeed, you know, your point to point, as it were. Um, at, at most houses, has kind of brought brought people on, brought these p- people out, brought stars of the future on. Yes. Why pony racing? Why point pointing, etc.? Why no? I don't know. Show jumping or some other discipline. The thrill of it. It it is just there is there's no feeling like it, and you go fast, and you're. The horses, I think, are exceptional, and uh, you know, I, I really appreciate every single horse I've ridden in a point to point because it's been great fun. We will come back to the the people side of it because it's it's very interesting and it's 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 really interesting hearing you talk about you know the people involved, etc. But I get a real sense that in a lot of ways it is about the horse. It's about the horse and the horses. It's about the partnership yeah. for for me it's been it's just been fantastic because i've been really fortunate that we've been able to train our own point pointers at home so i get to do the the whole from their walk work when they come back from their summer holidays all the way through to the point that they they hit the race course their school and everything and you you put a lot of work into it you know it's it's early mornings it's late nights I work in an office so I would have to come back and you'd be running and going to the gym and everything but it was it's the most rewarding sport to be to be a part of and whether they win lose or draw if they've gone out and they've ran the race it's it's incredibly rewarding and one of my most favorite things is actually bringing them home and putting them in their boxes and when you go out in the morning they're you put them in the field and they they have a roll and a buck and a kick and I just think it's it's you know that that is what I really really enjoy about it and it, it's great running them and it's a tough sport and those the horses that you know they, they go out and they do their job and they run well for you they, they are extremely extremely rewarding but they enjoy it too they love it yeah. they love it nine alters my, my most recent one that we retired in the spring you know you couldn't keep a hold of him and as soon as you let him go he would be jumping outside the wings with his ears pricked and he was just the most fantastic horse to ride I had so much fun with him and he absolutely uh, he, he loved his loved his job and as did you know all of the ones that we've had they've all they don't do it if they you no, know when they don't no, want to do it no. but they all love their job and they're intelligent animals and I think uh, they're, they're, I always think they're, a thoroughbred is a bit like a collie dog. They, they need a purpose and they need exercise and they need to use their minds and I think it's, uh, they're, they're very, very versatile but they, they need a job to do. It's interesting you say that because, you know, at, at a base level, I suppose one of the criticisms that's, that's levelled at racing, as it were, is that somehow it's cruel to the horses or whatever but... For anyone who has tried to control a half a ton of thoroughbred horse, they won't do it if they're not loving it. Having said that, we have a very well-stewarded system in Boy to Boys where there will always be four or five stewards who have some training and the senior stewards are ex-jockeys themselves 
And if there's any nonsense, I mean, there's a lot going on just now to do with the whip on racecourse proper, because in, throughout racing, mm. and that applies just the same mm. to a point to point. And if you misuse it, mm. a whip, mm -hmm. the headmaster's study. So the, 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 the stewards, were you ever in front of the stewards, Charlotte? I, in a point to point, I got um, pulled up actually by my uncle Jordy once because I, I rode a horse that was, it was hot favourite. It, um, you know, it was very much so expected to, to win. The ground had, was a lot softer than we thought. It was a bit tacky, so it was a bit holding and it sulked and didn't want to go. So I got pulled in to explain why it didn't want to go. So that's the only time I was actually in front of the front of the stewards in a point to point. Uh, other than that, I, I tended to be very well behaved in the point to points. So yeah, so the stewards are keeping an eye on all of these things just all to make sure everything's fair and above yeah. board and the and rules. At the same time, our team in the north uh, would be very helpful to a young person starting, and if they see that they're they're they're, they're wallowing a bit in the, in the mm, system, mm, mm. they will quietly have a chat with them and say, suggest things. Having said that, the, the jockeys, the point-to-point -point jockeys now, have to be assessed before they're allowed to ride. When I started, the Guinness more or less came off the farm, got dressed up and rode. You and, and, and you had no training whatsoever. The, the best training I got was from Charlotte's grandfather, we schooled one Sunday morning at near Melrose, where Tweed Bank houses are now. There were schooling fences there. And I remember Robin Dunn telling me one or two really key things. Never forgot them. Took me through it. And, and it, it, it just to sort of give you confidence and find your level. Because, you know, we're, 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 we're talking about this as a sport that is appealing, exciting, open to anyone and we'll come on to that where where there's meetings where people can come along and view how you know youngsters can get involved but actually we're sat here with Charlotte and Tony because these are people with families who have been invested involved in the point to point scene for a long time Tony's just referenced your grandfather I mean is there not a story about him being one of the riding in one of the first? Yeah, he was. I think he rode in one of the first first point points at, at Moss Houses, and he always used to tell me that it was all stone walls back in the day, and uh, he would you would go out in your hunting coat, and they would put lead in their pockets. But my grandfather, he was he was quite you know he was quite small. He he probably wouldn't have been that heavy. He was a hard working farmer. So he had to carry quite a lot of lead in his pockets, and I think when he when he got off uh, the horse, he crumbled to the ground because the lead was so heavy he could barely. Um, but he used to tell us all all the stories, and my grandmother as well. She um she she was she was great fun and and used to ride in them as well. And um I think you know it's point to point in and the the community is almost like a big family and it, it sort of stays with you right through and you you make you make friends and connections that that you know stay with you all the way through your life so to pick up on charlotte's point about robin and that fall i can remember it and there's a picture of him being helped to his feet with this lead in his pockets and and those days they're Riding helmets were little more than pudding balls, cork pudding balls over their heads. No straps, nothing like that. And I think his had come off. But there he was started. And I would suggest it was about 10 years later, he rode the winner 
of the joke than fox hunters. Really? He did. Right. Yes. Okay. Uh, they... On a horse called Bright Beach. Right. Okay. Okay. Did. So there you are. So that was maybe one of this kind of first because that was the start of the, the local point to point, most houses, etc. And that was maybe his first race, as it were. And then ten years later, he's at Cheltenham. Yes. Yeah, they they went they went right through, and they, they you know again it was very much sort of born and bred into us that. Robin and Sheila, Grandy and Grandpa, they they had point pointers. They both rode. They both trained. Then my dad had, um, you know, he started riding, um, and sort of went on to train. And he had a great horse called Car and Donna, which I think was his pony club pony. Really, it was a tiny little thing, and it won loads of point points and ended up winning a a BMW a, a series final at Chepstow. Chepstow was it? So yeah, they they had. An absolute ball of a time. How did he go from a pony club pony to winning a BMW? I think Tony will need to tell you that story <laughs> in more detail. Well, they had Robin and Sheila had a, a great friend in in Ireland, Donny Gall, uh-huh. and he was involved. He was a vet, retired. He was a vet. They asked him to source a horse for the boys. Anyway, Cardona arrived, and he wasn't big, but. He, a very gay little horse, and the ambition of of Michael, helped by his parents, got him started on uh, in pointer points, and that went had qualified for the BMW. It was a pointer point series with his final at Chepstow. I think the next year, Gordon had a a, a shot too. Uh, that wasn't quite so successful, <laughs> but uh, it gave those boys a huge start in the sport. And the old BMW ran until it ran out, which yeah. might be about 10 years. Yeah. The, the northern area, as you've referred to, and you, you, know, you, you were talking about Chepstow being a, a sort of championship, but the Lauderdale point-to-point, as we're celebrating the 75th anniversary of, is in a northern area circuit. Tony, you've, you said you were secretary of the northern area circuit for 50 years. What's the northern area? What, what, where is that and what's where? involved? When the country was divided up in 1969 into areas, just came together in a natural sort of way by the people who were competing and organising, and it was all very linked to the hunts in the area. And so the natural boundary was really the Tyne Valley right through into West Cumberland and points north. The most northerly was is Fife, a very old established meeting. We had them out at Bogside and the old race course was converted to a point-to-point course down into Northumberland, Annick, three meetings on that course, and then across to Cumberland, West Cumberland, uh, hugely popular, wretchedly, those have gone. But we still have 14 point-to-points in the northern area. Where the most we've ever had was 18. And, and, and for that, for people that want to find out where there's a meeting, how they can go along, there's, there's a northern area website, is that right? The meetings each have their own website. All right. There's a northern area um, social media page that updates all of the... On um, Facebook. Or on Facebook, right. that um, you can find all of the meetings and all of the details. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a Weatherby's point-to-point that gives you the fixture list of all of the point-to-points up and down the country. And all of these things, all of these meetings, anyone can go along and, and, and see some great sport. Yeah. Anyone can go along. You can take your family, take your picnic. There's always sort of food 
bits there. It's it's a great day out to a beer you know, tent. There's a there's always a beer tent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great day out. You know, family friends. It's it's very relaxed, and you know you can like I say you can take your kids, you can take your dogs. You would often want to take your wellies yeah. and a good heavy coat. Yeah. But if you get into it and get involved, there's a lot of camaraderie through the spectators uh, and the picnicking that goes on at the cars. Most point of points car parking has got a commanding, ours especially, a commanding view of the course. Yeah, because that's, that's kind of the... That's kind of the point, if you pardon the pun, of where the courses are. They tend to be maybe in a sort of river hawk or on a hillside or somewhere where there's almost like a natural, what's the word I'm looking for, amphitheatre, where you can have your, your picnic, you can have your crowd and they'll see the action. The course is below them or looking onto a hillside in front of them, or mo- like most houses. Yeah. Or in the case of Annick, yeah. looking out over the North Sea. It's yeah. a wonderful vista. Yeah. You know, a, a, a car park that looks over the course. On a lovely, a good day there, it's a lovely place to be. It's, it's lovely, yeah. I think to follow on from that, fairly uninformed, is, it is, there's, first of all, there's six or seven races, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. all pitched at different levels yeah. of horse and jockey standard. Before each race, they're half an hour apart, uh, there is a parade ring where the horses that are going to race parade. Uh, there are bookmakers, so you can have a little flutter, and watch the race from the car. There are eight jump steeplechase fences on the circuit. They go two and a bit times round. A race is three miles. They jump 18 times in the three miles. So the, it is, the horse has to have some stamina, so does a jockey, some stamina uh, to, to do that. The, ho- the horse has to have some stamina because, you know, it, as we're describing, it's on, it's on a hillside as well. So there's a, there's a, there's a climb on the moss. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which would happen at most point of yeah. point courses. Yeah. There's a degree of countryness. It's not in white rails and, and, uh, and the, the formality of a race course. Mm. It is created out of... Farmland. Well, it was originally, as, as as Charlotte said, her grandfather was jumping the, the, the stone dikes around the fields. Well, half of them were stone. I remember they took the cope stones off and put a turf on top. <laughs> I think it would fill any modern point-to-point jockey with absolute horror now. Uh, it, the early meetings, I actually liken it to what we now call team chases, which is another discipline mm. for, for horses out there. Point-to-points uh, point was more like that uh, they've developed the, the proper steeplechase I mean originally way back a point to point was kind of what it says wasn't it it was start at one point and race to another point oh, across the country a, a steeple would be the point they maybe chose yeah a in, church steeple in, yeah. in the case of Lauderdale yeah. I'm told before the war must be back at the end of the 20s is the, 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 they met a hundred years ago, Tony, you're not that old. No, <laughs> I wasn't there. No, you weren't there. They, they gathered, I don't think it would probably be one race or two at the most, at a tower, at Blue Cairn or Geniefield Tower, by Blainsley mm-hmm. in, in mid-Lauderdale, mm-hmm. and raced down a vale, passed over Langshaw and Coombsley Hill, and round a tower, a keep, at Coombs and race back, gallop back. So that would be about four miles and take your own line. No bar bar or anything like that or metal gates. 
But just take your own take line. Take your own line. Aim for that tower or whatever and go. Coombsy Tower, go round Coombsy Tower somehow <laughs> and make your way back. And obviously the first one but, was the winner. But, you know, certainly in your day, Charlotte, it's been much more, well, for a long time, we're talking 75 years, but it's been much more a laid out course. But as we say, it's not in the white rails. It's not... It's not like you would see it, Musselburgh, Kelso, or whatever. It's it is very much across the farmland. Going back to the the, the race itself, Tony says, you know, the, the horse needs stamina, the, the rider needs stamina. You're jumping eighteen times. You've said that you know you, you enjoy it. The thrill. What's what does it feel like? What does what does point to point racing feel like? When you get into when you're on a horse and you get into a nice rhythm it's the best feeling in the world when they you know they they jump away they settle in the race and it's hard to explain but it's it's that that is one of the best the best feelings when you know your horses uh you know it fills its lungs uh you know it it moss houses for example you go up the hill and you you always just let them come up the hill and then they start to freewheel back down and they sort of fill their lungs so when they turn into the home straight that you know they'll they'll really gallop away from underneath you or you hope that they do anyway mm. and it's it's just a fantastic feeling and you know like I said you put a lot of time and effort in getting them fit getting yourself fit and when it all comes together it's just um you you probably live on a high for about three days after so it's 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 great it's really good fun Tony you've you've ridden a few in your time yeah does the thrill still stick in your mind? Does Absolutely. It? Yeah. And if, as Charlotte said, you know, if you're a good jumper and you've got petrol in the tank, I'd be thinking of Friars Hawk where there's a sort of row of fences up the river beside mm. yeah. the tweed. Yeah. And if you go into that with a bit of petrol in the tank, it does give you a hell of a good feel. Yeah. And round the, round the top end to get make your way home, uh, there's quite a steep hill there. I was a youth brought up... Somebody said, never never give up riding up the hill, because that's sometimes where you win the race. And I remember coming over the top of there one day, way out in front. That, that's where it all comes together, Charlotte. The, the training, the early mornings, the late nights after work, etc. Getting that horse fit, getting yourself ready, and then it all just comes yeah, together. Yeah, it is. It's, it is the absolute greatest. It's the greatest feeling. And when I sort of rode my first winner on roll car, it was just the best feeling you know ever and I was really glad I you know managed to do ride him as my first winner because you know he was in the family colours and he was he was a great really special horse for us and uh, it was just the best feeling in the world and thankfully that day I managed to in the, the race after I rode a winner for my auntie so I rode my first and second winner within within half an hour a of double. each other which was uh, which was very uh, took us took us long enough but it was it was a it was a great day and uh, I, I still remember that feeling and appreciate those two horses for for giving us that that day because it was it was just the best the best feeling so the best feeling the history we've we've sold I hope we've sold to this to the listeners the whole experience and I hope we're going to get a crowd along um, through this to some of the upcoming meetings but particularly the the, the Lauderdale um, because it's especially because it's the 75th anniversary year when's the Lauderdale point to point Tony? The, Sunday the 16th of April the day after the Grand National so that's going to be an easy one for people to remember isn't yes. it so anyone who's listening to this 
who, especially, you know, you, it might be that the only time you ever take an interest in racing is the Grand National, which is going to be on Saturday the 15th of April. The very next day, you could be along seeing the racing live in front of your eyes at, at most houses. Absolutely. And the, the exciting thing sometimes is that these uh, Apre Grand National, that some of the team that have been at Aintree, quite often the jockey, will appear at his local point-to-point. Just before we wrap up, we want folk to come along, as I say, the day after the Grand National, go and see these horses live. It's not an expensive day out. I think tickets are going to be £10. However, if you would also like to show your support, especially in the 75th year, there is a patron's package and you get a lovely badge. If you buy a patron's badge, you get admission to the point-to-point and a bacon roll, I think it's going to be, a bit of refreshment. And... I think that's £30, but there'll be details about that if you look up the Lauderdale Point to Point on Facebook and you can get yourself sorted out as a patron, which would be brilliant to show support. I've been delighted with this episode. It's been great to have Charlotte and Tony. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. And just to, to say, we've also got some news to put onto this episode as well. This episode... Um, we're actually sponsoring. So Seen and Heard is sponsoring this episode, which is a bit of a break from the norm, but we're doing it ourselves this time. However, we've also got some big news as far as on-farm sponsorship is concerned. A regular series sponsor, Gillespie McAndrew, have come on board again for another year. So massive thanks to them. It's brilliant that they've been enjoying the experience of sponsoring on-farm. We're also delighted that we've got two new sponsors on board. So we would like to welcome Bell Ingram on board and that's going to be brilliant and you'll hear an episode I'm sure with Bell Ingram very soon. And we've also got Laurie and Symington from the Lanark Mart on board as a sponsor too and we are delighted. It's been um, a long time coming for On Farm to try and get the sponsorship levels that are now behind us and that's going to be great to allow us to continue to make more interesting episodes and I hope you as the listeners are appreciating what we're doing. So with that, I guess that's it from me and bye for now.